0: Before we jump into this episode, let's hear from our friends at Haunting Abaddon. Cold chills
1: when there's no breeze. Sounds
0: you can't explain. Foreboding feelings of dread. Sheer horror. This is Haunting Abaddon. An original podcast
1: from Epilid Media featuring stories of the paranormal, demonic possessions, poltergeists and hauntings, and all things that will scare the hell out of you. These things do more than go bumping.
0: I am Matthew Thomas, this is Super Cool Radio, got a great guest with me at this time, joining me from Nashville, Tennessee, she's an awesome singer-songwriter, and recently released a killer new single entitled, Save Myself, please welcome Cash Crawford!
1: Hi friends!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, we're going to have a really great conversation.
1: I'm, I'm looking forward
0: to it. And before we really dive into everything, I know we have much to discuss yet. The new single that was recently released. But before we get to all of that, I'll, i got a fun question. You kicked us off, break the ice a little bit. What music have you been listening to this week outside of your own music?
1: Um, I'm on a Lennon Stella kick right now. I love Lennon Stella. I don't know if you know who she is. She's a Canadian artist. She's actually... Um, used to live here in nashville um i found out that she recently moved to la which obviously because i follow her on instagram she's been posting about her new la house but um her parents are canadians and i've met them a few times and um yeah i've just really loved her music since she started putting it out so i've just been kind of blasting her stuff lately and britney spears i'm on a britney spears kick as well i don't know why that's what that's about but i don't know sometimes a girl just needs britney
0: in her life (laughs) I can respect that. I really can. Uh, I've heard, uh, uh, I've actually heard, I'm actually familiar at least a little bit with, uh, well, obviously both those artists, but not too much I listen to lately. I've actually, surprisingly, uh, I've been going between like Motorhead, Iggy Pop, and Johnny Cash, which is kind of very random once you think about it, but that's what I've been listening to this week.
1: Yeah, love it. Johnny Cash is, uh, I mean, he's my namesake, so... Um, I absolutely love that you're bumping him his stuff so his stuff just never gets old it's just so timeless like it doesn't really matter what you're going through life you can or going through in life you can relate to his stuff somehow somewhere along the line so I love it it.
0: oh for sure uh, I've been listening to his live at uh, Folsom Prison uh, lately I don't know why I just started listening to that and I'm like it just it's got that soulfulness in his voice like that's Uh, That's like to me the biggest drawing to his music is just uh, just his voice and how incredible it is. Yeah,
1: there's such conviction in the things that he sings, right? So even though like some of the stuff he didn't actually experience, he made you think that he did because it was so convincing. So I mean that's a that's a good musician, a good artist right there. So
0: I'm for For sure a fantastic (laughs) storyteller with everything, as you said. Even if he didn't experience, he he makes you believe what he's singing actually you know happened to him or happened in real life and it just it's just really good
1: yeah agreed agreed i'm stoked that you're listening to that kind of stuff because i think that i wish that we i mean there's like the culture walls of the world that are out now that are very similar to his kind of style but i wish johnny cash was still around making music because he just it was great up until the day that he passed you know like hurt when he redid hurt oh my god so good
0: Yeah, one of the first songs I listened to him, you know, listened to to Johnny Cash, and I was, I didn't know it was a cover until, like, my brother said, okay, that's a Nine Inch Nails cover, which, by the way, respect Nine Inch Nails, but I think Johnny Cash did it better. It just, he he just had that emotion in his voice for Hurt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like, he the lyrics that are written in that song, he's, like, been through it. You know what I mean? Like, he's, I mean, he was, like, what, in his 80s when he recorded that, or 70s or something, and he just, like... like Just like you can tell that he's just singing from life experience, one hundred percent.
0: he he's singing from his heart and soul with that one, and it was kind of cool. My dad, um, he uh, he showed me. I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube, uh, Johnny Cash's last uh, performance. I think it was at the ranch. Uh, like it was like a few months before he passed away. And you can tell, like he's, you know, the voice isn't quite there, but you can tell he's he's giving it all for what he has.
1: Yeah. I haven't seen it I'll have to I'll have to watch it for sure. Sounds yeah, like it's probably, Yeah, sounds like it's probably pretty life-changing to watch.
0: It's very I would say it's a little eerie and ominous just because it's like his last performance. I think you can kind of tell with like his mannerisms and his voice that he knows it's probably his last time performing.
1: Yeah. I think people generally know. I mean, unless it's like young we're young and, tra- and it's like tragedy. I think like generally speaking, older people, when they're like, when it's, they can kind of feel it's, you're ready. I mean, I think your spirit just kind of knows,
0: you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think that was, because um, his wife passed away, I think a few months before that. And I know he passed, I think it was like a year or two after she passed away, I believe. Um, so yeah, I think it was only,
1: yeah, I think he died of a broken heart. I mean, obviously yeah. he was older and probably things are failing, but I But I think that um, A Broken Heart had a lot to do with it because he was so in love with his wife. You know, I think that can that can definitely be a thing for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm actually I will leave a link for his last performance in the description of this podcast as well for people to check out. Uh, uh, I I really I wasn't expecting to talk about Johnny Cash a lot, but I really appreciate (laughs) it because that's who I've been really listening to this week. So I really appreciate it. But uh, obviously, I'm talking with Cash Crawford for this uh, episode. So now, for you, how did you get started as a musician?
1: I didn't really get started. I think I've just been doing it since I was like a child. I have been singing since I was a little girl. Um, I was singing before I was even um, putting full sentences together. So I have my parents have tapes of me like sitting in my high chair singing songs that were just absolute gibberish and nonsense. But they've they recorded it. And um, I, it's just something I've always done. I think it kind of chose me. And and it's something that I've definitely tried to like take a step back from and walk away from because being an artist and being a musician is not necessarily the easiest lifestyle. Um, and it's not, there's no job security and you know, you, there's some sacrifices that need to be made. And um, I took a step, I've taken a couple steps away from it here and there, but it's, I've just always kind of come back to being a musician and and Really felt a loss of self, sort of, when I was not doing it. So I think it's just kind of in my bones, you know.
0: Yeah, I I really like the way you describe that too. Just like when you when you step back from it, that you kind of you know not uh, like lost yourself, but also like not feeling as fulfilled. Just shows that like this is what you want to do, and like going along with like there is no job security, and honestly, job security's kind of gone away anyway for anything, but especially for musicians, artists like You know, the Mm -hmm. pandemic really changed, you know, the way everything, you know, the way that people, um, musicians, we had to connect through like social media and live streams and stuff. So you really have to adapt, especially when the whole world changes like that.
1: Yep, absolutely. And we did, I think a lot of us did for a minute They're doing all of the um, virtual concerts and stuff like that. But those, again, too, are really hard because at least for an artist like myself, I feed off the crowd and I it's an energy exchange for me, right? And so when I'm on the crowd or on the stage giving my, pouring my heart out and giving my all and the crowd is giving me something back, that's that where that energy exchange happens. But through virtual, all you're seeing is just like the little things come up like, hey, hi, nice to see you, love this song. And it's like, you can't actually see people's faces and their reactions and if the music is moving them or anything like that. And it was like, I found it to be really, really difficult and very dry. So I'm glad that we are past that phase (laughs) and we can go back to like seeing each other face to face and doing concerts and live shows and stuff like that.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I I, I agree with that. I know it was... I call it, like, a weird era of time just because, you know, the stuff, like, you know, things that change so much, obviously, it is a lot different to actually experience people's energy than just just see words on a screen because yeah. it's hard, to you know, it's hard to associate with that. You just see names and words, and it just, I don't think it's, it was good for the time period, but I don't think it was as fulfilling as, like, performing on stage and seeing people.
1: Yeah, agreed. It's like I can wave to Keyboard Warrior and 579 all the time, like, until the cows come home, but I actually can't, like, if I can see the reaction in their face and see if their eyes light up when they hear a specific song, it's so much different than just, like, seeing the little fake hand waving at you, you know, like, and from somebody who's like, that's not even, it's not even the real name. In, in, the, um, in the crowd, when you have people in a crowd, you don't even need to know their names, right? Like, you don't need to know where they're from. You can just feel their, their con- the connection just because you're human. So
0: then I think the, I and facial that expressions. Lot. And, and yeah. like the, the facial expressions too are a lot. You see their their eyes light up like during a song or you can like you can really you see all their emotions throughout all you know yeah. the set list of the song. And I think that's very important too.
1: Yeah, agreed. Absolutely, that's definitely one of the reasons why. Like again, with that energy exchange, is like seeing people smile, seeing the the eyes light up, seeing the, you know, your face getting flushed because you're so excited and you're having such a great time, and the jumping around and the hands in the air, like all of it, the whole thing. It's just the, the exchange for me is definitely what it's a big part of the reason why I do it,
0: for sure. For sure, I know for. For me, I know I obviously I'm a little bit different because I, I don't perform on stage or anything like that, but I've been booking like more like, in-person interviews whenever I can. And I honestly I think mm. it's I like doing interviews like this because obviously you know' I'm, we're both at our houses, we're comfortable. but I feel like I just get a little bit of a better interview out of myself like in person, actually like seeing the person interacting with them. Um, but I still like doing interviews like this, but like I really enjoy the in-person interviews.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's um like these ones I'm getting used to them. Um but they're still there's they still feel a little foreign to me as well. Like like you said, I'm I'm in the comfort of my own home, I'm hanging out and just like you know, enjoying the the day in my own personal space, but it feels a little bit more, maybe professional, or maybe a little bit more like—it's um, the word I'm looking for—not professional, but like it's a little bit more. You feel a little bit more important when you're going somewhere for an interview and you're sitting down with a person. And you, again, it's that—it's that exchange. You're in there, you're in their space, you're in their energy, and you're actually able to. This is diff- different because I at least can see you back on on camera, with as opposed to like the the live streams where you can't see any members of the audience. Um, but it's still, like, I agree, it's being in person and one-on-one with someone is just so much different than it is being able to do it through technology.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, again, it's it's nice, It's you know, nice convenience. Honestly, I do, these are less stressful for me to set up like this because I know I don't have to travel anywhere. I know I'll be on time. You know, I hope I'm on time. My bed's upstairs, so hopefully I'll make it on time. Um, <laughs> but it <with>, looks like... <laughs> It is a little bit more adventurous with the in-person interviews. I know I, I had one that I recorded that's coming up with Kaleido and um, it was uh, very interesting. Between a train interrupting me, a fight next door, and the cops getting called, so like with all of that, uh, it, it was a very interesting experience. So with this, yeah. I don't worry about any of that.
1: Yeah, you get you get like the nice, quiet comfort of your own home. You don't have to worry about the business that's going on around you, right? So. I get it. I definitely, um, I'm on the same page with you though. Like in-person is just, it's just a whole different ball game. It's maybe not better or worse in either case, but it's very, it's a different world.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like how we went on a nice sidebar about that. Uh, Even though though the question was about you, but it somehow turned into all of that, but Hey, that's all right. It's an interview. (laughs) We're having fun. And uh, I mean,
1: no, I was just going to say, I mean, it is, I'm, I tend to go off on tangents,
0: so <laughs> that might happen a time or two. Hey, I don't mind. As long as we're having a good time, I don't mind. I, I did want to ask you, that I feel like I kind of have a good uh, idea about this one, but I still want to ask you, who were your influences uh, on you as a musician?
1: Um, I think they change from time to time. Right now, they're definitely, um, I mean, I've got Stapleton, because how can you not love him? Um, Stevie Nicks which I think is pretty apparent um, when you see my, my style and hear my voice and kind of understand my lyrics uh, it's very mystical and it's very witchy and it's very um, Stevie Nicks-esque at least it's kind of comes out that way and I see it that way um, but I also love like H.E.R. and uh, Alicia Keys oh my god and um, Adele those are kind of my favorites right now John Mayer so those are kind of like the core people that I generally listen to and then um, when I'm kind of floating around with artists like Lennon Stella, I'll tend to write stuff that's a little bit more resonant of like her style. And it just kind of, it just kind of happens. I'm a little bit spongy that way. Whenever I'm listening to a specific artist, I end up kind of mimicking them a little bit, pulling a little bit of their influence into my own sound. And I think it's cool. I think that's kind of how you, um, can kind of keep morphing into like you keep morphing your art right your art keeps changing and evolving as long as you're staying authentic to who you are and the messages that you want to put out i think it's important for us to evolve as artists that's kind of what we do we evolve as people why wouldn't we evolve as artists as well
0: 100 agree and i know it, it it's kind of funny like with um you know some bands if they decide to like change their style or stuff and people are like hey what happened to the old stuff you know what, what happened to like your yeah. old style and then they go back like the next album and, like do it like similar to their previous albums. They go, Hey, why didn't you do anything different? So it's like, yeah. it's that kind of funny paradox that goes on. But uh, with it's influence, like if, you're but- dad, if you don't, right, like
1: somebody's going to, somebody's going to love it and somebody's going to hate it with, with anything that you do. So you just have to do it for yourself.
0: Exactly. I, the way I look at stuff is like, as long as like, if I'm pleased with it, which I know I'm always my hardest critic with stuff, but if I'm happy with something, like, that's my number one um, yeah. agenda. That's my number one quota and agenda is like, I want to please myself first.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the most important thing specifically with art is like your art just isn't going to resonate with people. If you're trying to be someone other than yourself. And if you're trying, if you're being very honest and very real with who you are, um, then you kind of can't go wrong in that because somebody, somebody somewhere is going through the same thing. You know, like we are all interconnected in some way, shape or form. And somebody somewhere is experiencing the same thing and somebody is going to resonate with it. And it's probably the message, exactly the message that they needed for some purpose in their life. So I think it's just super important to just be real and, and not be any, not be anything that anybody else expects you to be. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with, and like, it's so hard. You, it's very hard to fake emotions. Like people kind of see like if you're uh, just trying to be someone else that you're not or not like being completely genuine. People see that it, it's kind of it, it's easy to pick up, especially kind of nowadays with everything that people kind of catch on pretty quickly. So to me, there's really no point in really being like that. You know, It's better to be more genuine and be yourself uh, than try to like, oh, if they made it by doing this, I'll just do the same thing it just to me it doesn't resonate
1: i agree i think that's kind of why people aren't um really resonating with a lot of the new music that's out some some stuff is great and some stuff is just like like we we've been listening to this for the last 10 years can we move on now like and i don't mean to sound like a total jerk in saying that but i think that people are kind of sick of the you can only live on cotton candy for so long before you your body literally starts craving vegetables again and you need that, that nutrients and I feel like that's kind of the same with music like we've been fed this cotton candy diet of this fluffy crappy no good for you music and people have gone through shit in the last couple of years and we're looking to things like the arts to help us um, work through those emotions and the and the the personal battles that we've gone through and when we have only cotton candy to turn to people are starving for the meat and potatoes that used to be in music. I think that's why people really miss um a lot of like the bands from the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s, is because there was just so much more nutrients in the songs. I feel like songs are music is soul food and it's we've just been feeding our souls sugar and garbage. And now it's kind of like red people are ready for the for the real stuff again. So which is really cool. That's why I'm glad that I'm, like, coming up right now, because the timing's perfect. So.
0: No, I, I really do agree. I know there, you know, if you look hard enough, there is some great new music out right now. But, I, like, definitely, like, a lot of the stuff, like, I, I turn on, like, the local rock station, and it's, like, I can't tell who is who, because it all just sounds mm-hmm. like the same stuff, unfortunately. It's very, I think, one-dimensional nowadays um, with a mm-hmm. lot of, like, the mainstream stuff. Again, not knocking all new music, I do have to say that, I do want to clarify that, but there's just so much that just feels like copycats are just like, they're just like using like the same style, same riffs and all that stuff. And it's just, it's boring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think people, like I said, it's people are just ready for something that's a little bit more um, grounded, a little bit more um new sounding even if it's like super old something that just feels good something that resonates with their souls and their and their life experiences and stuff like I love the songs like Cruise I love that song the Florida Georgia Line song it is a jam when you are driving down a street in the summertime with all your windows open and that's perfect for that but when I'm like working through some grit I'm turning on Fleetwood Mac you know like I'm turning on songs that make me feel something so like those driving songs and those summertime jams are, are awesome. But when you're like actually needing to process some emotion and process some trauma, which I think a lot of the world is having to deal with right now, you're needing something that's a little bit more, it's got a little bit more beef to it. You know,
0: I definitely agree. It's got to have the emotions in there. You got to be able to feel that connection with it. And there is certain songs like that, like you really feel that connection to, you know, no matter how old it is, like the, the emotions, and, like, the, the lyrics, the themes, they're all still there, and they're all still very relevant.
1: Yeah, agreed. That's what good timeless music is all about.
0: That's right. That's right. But <laughs> I, I do want to talk about, because the big reason I have you on the show is because you just released a new single entitled Save Myself. Uh, yeah. I do, I do want to start, before we really dive into it, like, how was it writing and recording Save Myself?
1: Uh, it felt like it was just ready to come out. Like it just kind of, we wrote it so quick. I think we wrote it in like half an hour maybe. And it felt like it was just like, it was ready to come out. So it was kind of like the song just showed up for for me and it wasn't necessarily me. Like I know like. There's songs like The House That Built Me by Miranda Lambert. I'm pretty sure that song was written over the course of three years. So sometimes songs take a really, really long time. Um, and sometimes they just come out. And when they come out, I feel like for me, that's like because I need to say something is needing to be said right then and there. Um, and I had done some work and done some healing, and it was just it was just the right time. So And the guys I wrote with were just, they created this really awesome environment and safe space for me to be as open and vulnerable as i could and there was like no judgment it was like it was just a really really great little writing crew that we had it was me and two other dudes uh don Miggs and john Luzzi and they just like they're like they made me feel like they were big brothers and i was safe to just let everything out and talk about all of the things and then go in and just hammer it out in the studio and um, really get into the emotion of it. We actually ended up using most of the scratch track because the emotion was so raw, and it was I was just right in there in the moment. So that was a really cool part of it.
0: Definitely sounds like a very like a uh, moving experience, especially to be like that vulnerable, like uh, like writing, especially with uh, other people present as well. But you can yeah, as I listen to the track, I you can you can really feel the emotion like with your lyrics, your voice yeah. and everything. And I think that, it, I'm, I'm glad you, know, you used, like, you really kept the emotion uh, in Save Myself.
1: Yeah, thank you. I think that sometimes, I mean, there was a few things that I wanted to go in and fix after re- like laying that down. Um, but after listening to it a few times, both Don, Don was actually the producer on it as well. And both Don and I just talked and we we're just like, man, I don't know if I need to go and re-sing it. I think we'll, we'll lose a lot of magic that's in there because... I was in the moment of writing the song and feeling all the emotions i just talked through it with the guys and um so i just went in and and laid down the scratch track and and like i said there was like there was like maybe fewer thing, few four three or four things that i fixed the rest of it we just kept in and then i went back a couple of days later and did all the back vocals and stuff like that but as far as the actual main melody of the track that's just from the day we wrote it that was the scratch and we left it so
0: what I like is, you know, obviously, I think emotion is very important, especially, like, it, unless it, unless you really have to clean it up, like, I'd rather have maybe just a slightly less perfect song, but if it has an emotion, if it, you can connect to it, it grips you, I'd rather take that than, like, yeah. trying to make it sound super clean and super polished, because then you do lose that emotion in there.
1: I agree. I think some of my favorite songs, especially like the older ones when they still had analog systems and they couldn't actually go in and like, you know, cut and paste and move something over a millimeter, you know, it's like one of my favorite songs is Every Picture Tells a Story. It's by Rod Stewart. And it's like, he comes in late on the drums and the guitar is out of tune. Love the song. It is that the point where he comes in late is like actually one of my favorite things in the song, because you can tell he's just like jamming in the studio and it was like, oh, shoot, I got to sing now, you know, like. The things that you can imagine that he was doing at that point in time, you just like, you don't get that vision or that like visual and that um, everything's just so perfect now and art should be flawed a little bit. You know, I agree. Motion, I would rather leave a, a take in that was not necessarily perfect, but had more emotion than something that was perfect, but had no guts
0: to it. I agree. I think it's more authentic. And like the thing I think people sometimes forget about is art is made by humans and humans are not perfect. Like machines are perfect, but they're also machines. They can't feel, there's no emotions in there. You know, humans, we have emotions, we feel, and we're not perfect. And that, like, since we're creating art, it doesn't have to be perfect
1: exactly exactly and that's there's beauty in the flaws there's beauty in the breakdowns there's beauty in the in the growth and the learning and the mistakes and we just seem to we get these um you know instagram images blasted at us all the time and like you know that's not reality that's not life that's not human that's not that's just a little highlight reel and i feel like we don't need to be putting all the highlight reels in music either you know that's again that's adding more cotton candy when we need the meat and potatoes so
0: Oh yeah, no, I I definitely feel like I. I, As someone who has to use social media for obviously for what I do, and obviously you have to use social media for your music as well. It's like I I do get, you know, I'm glad if there is a lot of genuine stuff on there, but also uh, you could definitely tell when stuff's just, you know, it's a filtered picture or it's just like not genuine or it's just for views and stuff like that. And that's kind of the stuff that turns me off on social media.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree with you 100. There's social media is something that I've had to be really careful with because I can spend a lot of time on it because I, I find it so it's so stimulating, right? But I've definitely learned to curate it um, so that it's it's sending me, I'm getting the messages that are helpful to me. I'm getting um, things like horoscopes and astrology and like good positive messages and like things that are going on with the planets and and what I can expect kind of for the day unfolding as far as the energies go. And um, I kind of don't really follow, like I don't, I don't follow people like the, not to knock them if you love the Kardashians, I just don't follow them because they make me feel inadequate about the things that I have and the accomplishments that I've made because they're not as big and grandiose as theirs when I'm not them and I shouldn't be comparing myself to them. So I remove that from my line of sight and from my thought patterns. And I just beautiful pictures and things that inspire me, you know, like things with, um, you know, morning rituals and moon rituals and just all the things that I'm into that inspire me and help me and, and, and bring health and joy into my life. The things that make me feel bad are removed. So, there's some of my like friends that I don't follow, and it's, and it's honestly like they just under they just understand like I love you and I understand your brand, but your brand isn't good for me to watch all the time. And they're like, okay, I get it, you know. And it's just it's about making sure that my mental health is taken care of first and foremost.
0: I think that's the way it should be. I know, obviously, last year I've I've spoke about this in other interviews too. I was I I was on social media a lot last year just because I wasn't doing as much. Like I was still busy, but like I wasn't going out as much or doing as much. And honestly, I was put I was kind of lacking on keeping up with like my mental health and stuff since you know I was just doing a whole lot and wasn't I was doing too much. I should have been doing less. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I kind of really cut back on like my social media stuff. Like honestly, I kind of posted I have to maybe scroll for a little bit, and then it's like. All right, I want to be out in the real world. I'm gonna go outside. I'm gonna do some other things. Like I know social media is always gonna be there, and if anyone like wants to draw my attention on something, they'll tag me in it or they'll you know message me or whatever. So that's kind of like the steps I've been taking as of late.
1: Yeah, I literally turned mine off for three months. Like I took them off of my phone. I turned off all of my notifications and I removed the apps from my phones and I took them off. The only thing I had was Pinterest. And that was just so that I could like look at some pretty pictures of things that were when I was like laying in bed, trying to fall asleep, but I had Facebook off. I had everything off. I didn't like actually remove myself from them. I still had the apps and stuff, but just not on my phones. And, um, it was so, first of all, I was like, what am I going to do with myself for the first little bit? But then I finally was like, I'm going to go outside, I'm going to take a walk, I'm going to go listen to this song, I'm going to go for a drive, I'm going to take myself out for a coffee, because I wasn't sitting there like this, wasting hours of my day. I was actually doing things, Um, but I found like it was definitely, I, I took myself off because I was in a bad place mentally, and I found that it was making me spiral downward more. So just in doing that alone, creating that boundary for myself made me go out and do things a little bit more and and slowly pull myself out of that without even really trying. It was just kind of a, it just kind of happened naturally because I was getting out in nature and moving and doing whatever I needed to do, not sitting and staring at a screen, wishing I had somebody else's life every day.
0: I definitely agree. I know it's a great tool. I will say that. Um, mm-hmm. I've made so many great connections just through social media, but also yeah. I feel like it really like highlighted my insecurities too. Like I would, you know, I would either see something or read something. i go, man, they can do that. Why am I not doing that kind of stuff? So yeah. that, that's why I really kind of, you know, kind of cut out just looking for that. Plus it's better for your neck and posture, by the way.
1: Yep. sit up straight.
0: right. <laughs> I am slouching in this chair, but also I'm leaning back. So there you go but uh we've been covering a lot of stuff i don't know how much
1: uh <laughs> i know uh, Agenda, uh, i was like voting for my kid in class so this is bound to happen
0: <laughs> okay well that's good i wish i would have known that ahead of time <laughs> but for for you as i i'm starting to close out this uh interview a little bit but uh, we were talking about the writing process of "Save Myself." Was that a yeah. uh, different writing experience, like as you as you described, compared to previous songs you've written?
1: Yes, 100. Um, so it was actually my very first time writing with John and John, and uh, I hadn't even met John at that point. I had just like walked into a room, and there he was, and we introduced and got right to it. Um, but these guys, they just like. We sat down, we started talking. I previously had um, chatted with them via uh, text message and I had sent a little poem um, out that I had kind of like, I, I'd i like to put a lot of like poetry, uh, some of the poetry that I write into my song. So the first couple of lines are the beginning of that poem. And I really stressed that I wanted to like have it because like the first couple lines are, I've been watching how the moon moves when it moves or when it uh, I was watching how the moon moves on its way into the sea. So I had to think about the line. The line. Um, but I wanted to, to do that because it just kind of sets you up for a good visual of like, obviously we're talking about nighttime and the struggles of like sleeping alone or sleeping next to somebody, you know, you're not supposed to be with. And, you know, just kind of also I connect to the moon very, very much and I'm from the West coast. So it kind of, it just kind of set up a little bit of a, where I'm from, what I'm into, that kind of stuff. But more importantly, um, the guys just I just talked about my experience and they just sat and they typed and they were listening and nodding and typed and and we ended up taking little chunks of things that I had said through the conversation and basically turning that into the song. And they had already kind of constructed what um, it was going to sound like instrumentally because I had, uh, we had talked about some of my favorite songs and kind of the direction that I wanted to move. So they took little pieces of this song and that song and this song and kind of put them together we decided on a tempo and it was the most different experience i've ever had writing a song because normally you get in a song or in a room with somebody with a guitar and you have an idea and you just sit there and it's all done on guitar but this was pretty much already um kind of um somewhat put together as far as the the melody and the or not the melody the um the instrumentation went we came up with the melody Wrote all the lyrics. I was in the studio. This was all on the same day. It was a, like the whole process was about four hours. So sometimes it takes a whole lot longer than that. And you don't even get a four, like you don't even get a song. You end up just going out for drinks because you're like, "Hey, <laughs> this obviously isn't working today. But with that, man, it was just magic. Like, So we're actually wanting to get together and write the third song for this record. So we've got another one coming out at the in the fall. Well, one in the summer and then one in the fall. And the one in the fall hasn't been written yet. So the three of us are going to get together and do it. So they're just a dream team. I can't wait to work with them again.
0: I'm very happy for you with that. It sounds like a really great experience and mm-hmm. was, uh, building a song like that. Like as you said, it came together very quickly. But I think it was it was everything just lined up very perfectly. It was like something that you had to get out. Like you you, you already yeah. even if you didn't know like what the direction was right away, like you you had some stuff you had to say.
1: Yeah, it felt like it was in the stars. Like it was just. A song that people needed, a song that I needed to get out for me personally. And it's just, I mean, just even with the success that we're seeing from this is like one of my first um, real singles that I've really like gotten a lot of like, I've put a lot of myself behind. Um, And then this is like, you know, I just, just, I really feel like I was ready to get this song out and it's, uh, it just felt like the timing was, was there. So and I'm an independent artist, like, and the, and the amount of traction that we're getting is, like, it's it's very apparent that people were ready for it, and I was ready to write it, so.
0: You know, I'm, I'm definitely very happy for you, especially as an independent artist, like, you have to do a lot of the weight, legwork for yourself. Obviously, you know, you have people around you that are helping you, but it's, like, you still got to do, you know, you don't have, like, a huge either record label or company backing no. you. It's, like, this is you. This is what, like, I have to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pouring a lot of like my own finances and stuff into it, which is I absolutely believe you should invest in yourself. For me, this is my my quote unquote college fund. Um, that is all my you know that I'm I'm throwing into my, go, I'm going into debt for my college, but it's just I'm actually making art. But um, you know, it's like I I was able to connect with this really great team that you chatted with Danielle, and um, they've hundred percent believed in my vision and have taken it and ran with it and again, timing, like I had to wait until the right time to find them. And I was supposed to release something completely different and it f- completely fell through. And um, I ended up working with them for two months longer than I thought I was going to. And now I'm just going to continue working with them because of the the stuff that, that they're doing and the way that we've created a relationship. And it's just, I mean, the timing is just crazy. It's just, it was all, like I said, just feels like it's all in the stars at this point.
0: What I've definitely learned, especially like this year is timing is it's it's very weird uh but it's very mm-hmm. important as well like you know mm-hmm. some stuff like you don't even think is gonna happen and then like two days later or, like a week later you know you get a door open like that or something something cool like that happens that you just don't expect and I know uh Danielle as you mentioned I, I really enjoy working with her great person very professional and one of my favorites to actually you know work with the setup you know interviews press releases music all that stuff so I- I'm glad mm-hmm. you have a it- team that you were working
1: with hmm mm-hmm. and the funny thing is too is that like my guitar player and his girlfriend have been really good friends with them for a long time and she's now like a part of my team because I'm working with the company that she's working for that's kind of how it all came together but it just she wasn't originally like I've known her for years and she's only been at the company quite recently and it just like it like she worked started with them and then it was an, an opportunity for me to work with them as well because she was, I was seeing the things that they were doing for her and what was happening in her life, and I was like, maybe we need to talk about this. And so, just timing—it's not linear. There's no logical explanation for it, but sometimes you just have to sit back and trust that it's going to do its magic. And 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 for my for my case, it totally has. It absolutely has.
0: That's definitely that's kind of the weird thing I was mentioning is like. Sometimes it, it, it is hard, especially for like someone like myself. I hate sitting back and just like, well, you know, let's just see what happens or something like that. I don't like normally doing that, but sometimes it is necessary to kind of just remove yourself a little bit. Just sit back, you know, let me chill for a little bit and just see mm-hmm. what comes my way. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think that's called detaching from the outcome is what, what, uh, what I'm, what I'm told it's called basically just like you put your work in, you do your things, you set your intention for what you want that work to turn out like, and how you want it to come to fruition. And then you leave it alone. And obviously, yes, we have to continue to work and we have to continue to do things, but like I've written the song and I've put all of the things into place and, and asked for help in all the ways that I've needed to. And I've got the team doing all of the backing, but like Is it helpful if I'm on somebody like Danielle's back being like, what did they say? When's my interview? What did they say? It's just easier if she's like, okay, so you have these ready to go. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And in the meantime, I'm just off living life, doing my thing and letting this song flourish how it will. But I think that if I had to put pressure on anyone or the song itself, it probably, you just don't get the result. You don't get the like number one prime golden ribbon result with when you push the timing. And when you just let the timing be, you get the best version of what it is you're looking for. It's just hard when you're not patient.
0: <laughs> I definitely agree. And patience is something that is is—it's very important. And I, obviously applying pressure, especially if you're just trying to force something to happen, most of the time it's not going to work out. Very rarely does it ever actually happen you know, the way you intended. So That's why I like, again, it's hard for myself. I know I've definitely learned to be more patient with stuff and trust, you know, the system and the people I'm working with. But, you know, it's still part of me is like, do something. I go, no, don't do something. Just stop it.
1: Yeah. It's okay to take a day off and rest. It's okay. As long as you're not taking 25 days in a row off to rest, but, and you are moving forward with things, but definitely like Listening to your body, man, and and listening to like what you need, if you need to sit down and you need to be still and quiet and doing whatever rest, whatever rest looks like for you, because sometimes it's sleeping, sometimes it's not. Sometimes, I mean, my sister's version of rest is getting out into nature and going for a walk in a park. My version of rest is throwing on a dumb show that I know really well and just turning my brain off because I tend to be an overthinker. So every, I think rest looks different for everybody, but understanding that like rest is super important because we're taught to just grind, grind, push through, grind, grind. And sometimes it's okay to just be like, nope, I'm throwing in the towel for the day and I'm done and I'm going to turn off and that's all right.
0: Oh, I definitely agree. That was part of the issues I had last year. Just, I was just continuing to do work and work and I didn't, like I wasn't taking care of myself and I wasn't taking time for myself. So now like I kind of have a set agenda. I like, I want to accomplish this. If I accomplish this, then I'll take a break, that kind of stuff. And I'm playing a lot more video games. I know it's not exactly healthy for you, but I've been playing a lot more video games just to relax and enjoy.
1: Yeah. If it's your way of unplugging for a minute, then why not? Right. I mean, I do, I do some meditation and I do like, I tend to do a lot of like holistic things, but I mean, that's not necessarily something that's going to work for you. We're all different creatures and we're all different. We're all, we love different things. And I think it's finding your way of resting and your way of unplugging for a little bit is the most important. Doesn't necessarily mean it has to look like what mine looks like.
0: I definitely agree. now there is one thing i i used to do a lot last year i want to get back to doing it i really fell off I, I i did a lot of yoga like especially like you know the pandemic my you know my gym closed so i was just doing like yoga at home because you know, obviously it's it's yeah. good for you know your body but also good for your mind and i just been so well busy i'll, I'll put busy just because i think i'm busy where i probably not really but that's something i really want to get back into doing is like yoga just to i turn my phone off and do yoga and i haven't really done that a whole lot in the last few months. So it's something I want to get back to.
1: Yeah. Um, I get it. Yoga is definitely a good thing. And just turning your phone off and going and doing something for yourself. That's kind of what I do with meditation. As soon as I get up in the morning, I do like my morning meditations, like 25 minutes. It's guided. So it's really easy for somebody like me that's an overthinker. It keeps bringing me back into like focusing into my body and my breathing, excuse me. Um, But it's that's my time that's like time where i don't want to be bothered and i turn my phone off like it's on do not disturb so people can't get a hold of me and i usually just let girls know like hey i'm out for half an hour not available if you need to get at me like just so that they're like in case there's something that's really important if they power call me they can get through but (laughs) but for the most part like nobody that's my time it's like i think it's important to protect something like that for yourself and not think of it as selfish and not think of yourself as being too busy, I think it's like I deserve this because my time is mine. And if I'm only taking 25 minutes for myself, I'm not. You're giving 23. Point, you know, uh, five zero hours to everybody else. That half an hour can be fine for you to take by yourself without having to feel selfish.
0: I definitely agree. I just, um, try, try and just trying, trying honestly, just for me to just take care of myself. And I think a lot of people maybe are lacking that, you know, should just take that 25, 30 minutes, uh, just for themselves, just for a little bit. You know, there's plenty of hours in the day to actually accomplish things and people to get hold of you, to talk to people. You know, the the 30 minutes isn't gonna hurt.
1: Yeah, I grew up in an era where there was no cell phones when I was younger, you know, and when the workday was done, the work was done. And there was no boss calling you at eight o'clock at night, you know, in the same way that they text you and tell you to check your emails, you know, like, that was it. That was family time. That was you know home time. That was early bedtime. Didn't really matter. But there was no like. I think we just because cell phones make us so accessible, it's a good and a bad thing. We are too accessible and we don't know how to set boundaries with that. Um, I, le- I mean, at least majority of us have a hard time setting boundaries. Some people are very good at it, but um, it's uh, it's definitely something that we have lost for sure. Is taking that time for ourselves and having that that okay. This is my work space time. And then this is my me time. Now it kind of all just blends in. And I think it's a good thing to just set a boundary for yourself whenever you need to.
0: Definitely. That's something like I know I've been personally trying to work on better, but like, unfortunately, like obviously with both of us being like, we're on social media, we have email, we have all this, you know, stuff of different ways that if one way doesn't work to try to reach us, like someone will find another way if they like want to get a hold of us. So It's it's good to have boundaries, but also at the same time, it's hard to like do what we're doing, and like have like the perfect set boundaries that, like we can't be reached during like certain times because someone someone wants to find a way to contact us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just have little um, times where, like I said, I express to my team when I'm not going to be available. I always check with them first because I know that they're they're planning a lot of my scheduled um, things like this. Um, so I want to be mindful of the work that they've done in order to connect me with people like yourself but it's also okay for me to say like hey i need a couple of hours rest i'm taking a nap and like unless it's an emergency i I gotta step away for an hour and just go rest for a little bit you know like they also understand burnout i think it's also surrounding yourself with the people that are empathetic of that and are safe for you and careful with you and being able to express when you're starting to feel burnt out and when you're starting to feel like you need a, a rest or you're having a bad day or you're really stressed out with something and um, that's when you have the, the right people around you to help you through those things and give you the space that you might need. I think that's super important too.
0: For sure, having the proper team and like a very good support yeah. system is very important. Um, you yeah. know, I have my kind of like, you know, like not officially, but like I have like an inner circle of people who like they, they've told me before. I was like stop, stop working, take a rest, come back tomorrow like all that stuff. So I'm, I'm glad I you know I have a support system like that, as do you. And it yeah. makes it a lot easier instead of just trying to process everything yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And people to like help you lighten your loads too, right? Like there's, I struggle with social media. I'm not very tech savvy. Um, and I'm really thankful that one of my other team members, Brittany, she's just like, she helps me when I'm, I get so frustrated with posting on, on Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that sometimes because I just... I know I will be doing something wrong and I know the right way, but I cannot make my, I just can't figure out how to do it. And I'll get so frustrated. So she'll just go in and fix it for me and, or tell me how to do it or give me a little screen recording of how to. And like one day I was, I couldn't remember for the life of me how to, and I know how to do this. This was the frustrating part. I was like, I've done this a million times. I know that it's super easy. I couldn't figure out how to take my post from Instagram and put it into my story. It's just that one little arrow. It's just that one little arrow. That's all you got to do. And I just was like, oh my God, I have literally, like, I've Googled it four times. I cannot figure it out. Brittany's like, okay, um, I'm just going to send you a screen video. And then as soon as she did, I was like, wow, (laughs) it was kind of embarrassing. But at the same time, like, thank goodness for her because I was so frustrated and it was just a quick, easy fix of her sending me a screen recording, this little button right here. This is how you do it. She's like, you know this. And I was like, yeah, I totally know this. And I've done this a million times. So I just feel really, really cool right now, (laughs) but like. You know, instead of being like her being like, Cash, are you serious? She was like, oh, okay. you're you're having a brain fart and you're obviously like you have you need help. You're not asking me for me to make you feel stupid. You're asking because you generally need help. So they do. And that's the beautiful thing about having the right people around you is they don't make you feel dumb for mistakes that you may feel dumb for or things that you're still learning or can't remember or whatever, you know. The, the right team is just like this, such a game changer.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And I know it's having a team around me that I've kind of put together this year has helped me out just so much. And I know with, with like the right team, a lot of people involved, uh, it makes life just so much easier for sure.
1: 100%. 100%.
0: Now, I, I know uh, I kept you a little bit longer than what I was uh, planning on and I know my voice is starting to go out a little bit now. So what are your plans for the rest of this year? Uh, obviously, it's June. Year's halfway over. How are you going to close out 2022?
1: Well, I'm hoping to release two more songs, um, and we'll see kind of what happens with those. Um, but the year by year's end, I'm hoping to have some uh, festival dates set for 2023. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to. Festival dates are like my big my big golden egg kind of goal. Um, I want to get on some big festival shows, so I'm hoping that that happens and that people are can keep loving this song and keep streaming it and playing it, and it gets lots of attention. And then hopefully with the next two as well, so that I can jump on some stages and come visit people in their hometowns.
0: Love it, love love everything about it. I do hope the best for you. For obviously, uh, you know, obviously, save myself got some really great traction. Best luck with like the the next two songs, festival dates, all of that as well. Uh, If anyone's interested, uh, where can they find you online?
1: So if you go to, um, I've got a website, which is uh, Cash Crawford Music. Um, All of my stuff is there, but you can find me on Instagram, which is Cash Crawford. Um, You can find me on TikTok, which is Cash Crawford Music. I'm also on Facebook, but I'm not on Facebook a lot, so it's not necessarily the best way. I would do Instagram or TikTok. And then, yeah, absolutely, my website. And then uh, just all of the streaming platforms, I'm there too, so...
0: Right on. I'll drop some links in the description of this podcast. Please check out Stream Support. Give a like to Cash Crawford. I had a really great time chatting with you. I was not planning to go as long or cover half the stuff that we did, but it was a phenomenal time chatting with you.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was a good time for
0: sure. Of course. Please check out Stream Support. Give a like to Cash Crawford. Links will be in the description for Cash Crawford. I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. And remember, stay frosty.